Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Saoirse here and you know over the last couple of months obviously things have been going from well we won't even mention what things have been going from or to it's been a stressful time for everyone but a couple of guys who have been uh, I sound like that's the start of a couple of guys who are up to no good started making trouble in our neighbourhood but uh, that's obviously the start <laughs> of uh, the uh, Prince of Bel-Air Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song but it's not true actually and we're delighted to be joined on the show now by people who have been making something that was traditionally Irish mightn't have been seen as uh uh, popular or trendy or cool, they've somehow brought it back around and have been exploding on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere. We're delighted to welcome the Gardner brothers, Mike and Matthew. How are things? Hi, Cormac and Saoirse. How are Hi, you? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're good. Now, I have literally uh, kind of, I'm nearly shaking. You're like famous to me. Oh, stop. <laughs> Lads, you should know that I think Saoirse is one of the Riverdance songs, like one of them makes you cry. Yes, of course. Oh, so, good. you know, the, the Eurovision, the Interville Act, obviously, was Riverdance. I was only yeah. very young. I think I was maybe six at the time that came out. And I can't remember it too well. But I remember my granny was actually at it. And, you know, obviously the Eurovision's oh. a big deal. And she was like, no, no, but it was the Interville Act that was amazing. And she came home to tell us the whole story. And, uh, yeah, I started Irish dancing then at maybe seven and went oh, to good. every single show that I could possibly go to. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. Like, we actually had a similar uh, situation because we, we were actually living in America. We weren't even born when Riverdance happened, but our parents were in America and our granny sent a letter because she, she watched the interval act and sent a letter to my dad saying, you need to watch this. This is amazing. And little did we know, 25 years later, the two of us would be in it. <laughs> Which is absolutely, like, it's insane. But, like, take us all the way back. Was it your granny who kicked this all off with the letter or how did you get involved in river dance and Irish dancing. Yeah, well, I suppose, it, yeah, it was our granny that kind of uh, got our parents into it. And then uh, mom and dad just absolutely loved it as well. And of course, they're both Irish. Um, so they wanted us to grow up with some Irish culture in our lives. And we have an older sister as well. So they put our older sister Anna into it first and she loved it. And then uh, Michael joined a few years later. And by the time I came along, it was like as if it was just a uh, part of life. You know, you go to school and then yeah. you go soccer or whatever and then Irish dancing so that's kind of how it started yeah yeah and obviously then you got into river dance which is the biggest show in the whole entire world like how did you make it to that point like obviously starting as a child dancing for a hobby like how did you both end up there yeah well that's a good question it, it so as you said like from kids from from a very early age we, you know we just absolutely loved the dancing and you know it was never people sometimes ask us was you know, we'll be forced into it until a certain age. Like, it certainly wasn't that way. It was definitely, like, 
you know, the odd time mom and dad had to be like, oh, come on now, Michael, we'll, we'll go to dancing. You know, you're, you might not be feeling the best, but we absolutely loved it from the start. And, you know, the music, the rhythm, just the interaction. And we were always very lucky as well to have loads of boys in our class. And uh, so when we moved to Ireland in 2006, you know, we were well into the game at that stage. And, you know, I was 10 I, uh, and Matthew was seven. And we just continued from there. We joined the Hessian School in Galway. I mean, again, a class full of boys. We couldn't have had a better school, better teachers, better community. It was fantastic. And we just continued along the competition scene. You know, and our main goal of Matthew and I was to win the world championships. So uh, we were able to do that actually on five occasions. And one of them was historic enough that we got to win it in the same year, which was very special. And after that year, which was 2015, I decided to hang up my competitive career and go into Riverdance. We both auditioned for Riverdance that summer uh, at the Riverdance Summer School and we were both successful and joined the show and yeah, that's, that's yeah. The rest is history as they say. It's like um, <laughs> Phil and Gary Neville here living the dream side by side yeah. going through uh, over the last couple of years. Can I ask you though, before we maybe get into the Riverdance stuff, back to the, the World Championship. So the lads have won the World Championship in Irish dancing five times. Now in my head, this is probably way off the mark, but how the Irish the World Championship competition runs, like is it like, you know, one of those dance movies like Step Up to where you have all these different kind of groups of dancers coming together and it's like an Irish dance uh, dance battle or is it completely different? Um, well, it, it's a bit different to that. So there's, um, you have to fir- first, you have to qualify through your region, wherever it is in the world and then you have a competition so you're in your own age group so uh, under 19 or under 20 or whatever it is and then you have three rounds and so you dance your first two rounds So you're and, and yeah, you're on stage with another person or or one or two other people you, yeah. you dance your own together and the judges are watching so it's not a battle as such but you are dancing on the stage at the same time as other people and then if you're lucky enough you'll get into the third round which is a recall and that's kind of the round that wraps up your results yeah. so you want to kind of hit that one home hard yeah it's, it's, it's similar to like kind of the, some, some people kind of uh, compare it to the Olympics where you have your, your heat yeah. and you get through the heat and then you go to that, that final round the recall round and that's where you're you're on your own on the stage in front of the seven judges and the whole audience, and you know, and then it then it's decided from there. I think we'll get um, search if myself and you like we set up some sort of a street team, some like street <laughs> gang Irish dancers, and then we can go and get MTV involved and just have uh, yeah. Ch- Channing Tatum involved in this as well. There'll be some sort of uh, gangster Irish dancing movie that we could pitch in. I can't watch. I wouldn't be able to watch you guys without crying. I just cry. <laughs> Irish step up too. There you go. I think so. That yeah, step good. up a dough. That would be Shatsu yeah, with a dough. Perfect. We could Even call better. it. <laughs> and I guarantee we'll get a grant off the government for that as well. The whole thing will be tax free. It'll be unbelievable. We're we're there in the go. money now. There you go. But h- how tough is Riverdance? I imagine that that's not like easy. They're obviously it's a, the, probably the highest standard of Irish dancing in the world. I imagine that's a, a grueling, obviously rewarding, but a very tough experience when you're in full production yeah, definitely I mean it is it's the best group of dancers in the world um, you know and it's, it's a phenomenal team and there's definitely a lot of hard work that goes into it you know like for example on this past tour we, we started in January uh, we went to Montreal and we had I think it was about a week of rehearsals and you're in you know 9 to 9 uh, running the rehearsals every single day all the all the numbers and then once you get on the road there isn't as much rehearsals during the day you know you might have uh, catch up sessions or so but it's a lot about keeping your body ready and, uh, you know, preparing yourself physically and mentally for the show each night because you have to obviously take care of yourself. It's it's a grueling 
job even though it might look glamorous on the outside there's definitely a lot of hard work that goes into it especially on the when you're on the road all the time the pressure must be insane like obviously there's times that you might be not uh performing as well as you would like to do you ever worry that you're going to be kicked out uh well i mean there yeah there's always pressure to to keep that standard at the highest possible you know i think Riverdance started off as this amazing phenomenon and it only got better and better and better. So, you know, our producers and our dance captains and our lead dancers always, always, um, they, they want the best out of you every single night. They want that standard to keep rising every single night. So there is that pressure, but I think everyone, everyone thrives under that pressure. Um, how, how long is when you're in like the, the thick of a, the thick of a tour, like how long are you practicing every day? Like how, what's a usual day in the life of you guys? Well, again, like so. When you're in the kind of the middle section of the tour, like I said, so at the beginning you're practicing all day almost for a few, you know, for a few weeks. Mm. But then when you're, when you're into the thick of it, it's it's mostly you come in about an hour before the show. You run your different spots because you never do the same spot two nights in a row. You know, you're always changing spots to keep it fresh, to keep you on top of things. But um, it's main, you know, you wake up, you go to the gym, you might uh, get get your food, make sure you're ready for the day and do some sightseeing even, you know, because you might be in Beijing that day. So go do your sightseeing and then make sure you're at the show about an hour early and uh, then you do the show, yeah? Nice warm-up and everything, you know, cool down, show, all that kind of stuff, so. And what age then do you retire from dancing? Like, surely it's much younger than any other kind of sport. Yeah, I mean, from competitive dancing, you know, at the competition scene, I mean, you could, you, a lot of people are in the competition scene until they're about 24, maybe 25, but, and sometimes they finish when they're 18. But then in the, in the professional scene, I mean, dancers go until... You know, maybe they're mid thirties, maybe you know a bit later than that. I mean, yeah, I think I think if as long as you're you're keeping the standard high, you can go as long as you want. Wow, that's so. Cool. Then uh, you mentioned Beijing. I imagine Irish dancing has taken you to some pretty incredible places over the years. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been very very lucky. I mean, we've Matthew and I have been able to travel all over the world as kids. We traveled all over the states for the freshes or the competitions, mm. and uh, you know, with Riverdance now, we've been lucky enough to go all over the world. I mean. Tokyo, all over Japan, China, all over North America, and of course, here at home in Ireland. Yeah. I thought you were going to say North Korea there for a second. I was like, I didn't realise yeah. North Korea had a big Irish community. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, I, who's like the most famous person you've ever gotten to dance in front of, do you know? Good question. Well, I guess for me, actually, I got to dance with Ed Sheeran. Kind of. No way. Um, I was in his Galway Girl music video uh, that was filmed in O'Connor's in Salt Hill. No way. That's very so, cool. I'm only in it for like two seconds, but uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna claim that one. Yeah, he's, he's definitely in it. And uh, I'd say my one. Then I had to miss out on that one, unfortunately. But I was. Uh, I'd say my one would be the Pope. Um, oh. Matthew and I were uh, lucky enough to be asked to choreograph a piece for the Pope when he came to Crow Park that time, and we also got to perform in that uh, historic long line of river dance in front of the Pope uh, in Crow Park. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty famous, all right. You don't get much more famous than the Pope, I don't think. Um, him or Kanye West probably would be, you know, up there on the on the same level. So yeah. one of the things I think is very cool that what you, what you have done over the last couple of years, anyway, is you've done a lot of uh, would you call it covers of kind of Irish dance covers of kind of pop music and popular songs at the moment, and they seem to have yeah, kind yeah. of exploded online. Yeah, well, we we kind of just um, we weren't going to have this time together um, if it wasn't for the pandemic. Because Michael was on tour and I was in college here in Galway. So we, when Michael came back from uh, New York because of the pandemic, we kind of said that we'd like to pursue these videos and 
TikTok was we, like we were obviously new to TikTok, um, mm-hmm. so we wanted to give that a go. So we kind of just kind of just uh, started creating dances and bouncing ideas off each other, and yeah, like we come up with these videos, and we can we like to show how uh, versatile and you know modern Irish dancing has become. And try and sometimes we try and put in a bit of hip hop, even though it might not be the best hip hop in the world. <laughs> but we we're try still our best. learning. We're still learning the hip hop. It's interesting because I think going back to even I'm 32 now, so going back to when I was six or seven joining Irish dancing, it was very much like the competitions you were wearing, the ringlets in your hair, and it was a little bit boring, to be honest. And then obviously when I saw Riverdance, I thought, oh, hang on, it's kind of modernized and it's really cool. Totally, yeah. I mean, Riverdance totally uh, changed the game. I mean, it's it not only changed Irish dancing, but I mean, Irish culture all over the world. You go to anywhere in the world and there, there'll be an Irish bar with a session going on and there'll be a couple of dancers in there. It's brilliant. And obviously, the whole modernizing the whole thing was just brilliant. You know, uh, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Riverdance. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's insane how much of an impact that's had, like, on a world stage, apart from just uh, just here, but around the world. It's, it's insanely huge and popular. So, um. I kind of feel bad asking you what's the plan for the future because no one has any idea what the future has in hold for us. Yeah. In a pandemic-free world, what would you just hope to be getting up to over the next couple of months or years? Well, I mean, Matthew and I are both, we've both well, I, I have finished my degree in architecture, so I'm, I'm glad to have that under my belt. And Matthew is currently finishing his degree in civil engineering. He's in his final year now. So, I mean, all things going to plan, he'll, he'll finish that off this year. And then, fingers crossed, I mean, hopefully we can get back doing the shows, doing what we love. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure Riverdance are planning to go back to the Gaiety this summer. So everything, you know, that would be amazing. And then hopefully getting back on tour in 20, I think mm-hmm. it's autumn of 2021. So that, that would be ideal. But, you know, just keep pushing the Irish dancing, keep pushing the Irish culture, trying to see the world, trying to, you know, spread a bit of joy everywhere as, as much as we can. Yeah. Sounds brilliant. I really want to join again. And I'm like, you're too old, Saoirse. Anytime I'm at a party, I, I break out my Irish dancing skills. And I'd say after about 30 seconds, I am absolutely wrecked. <laughs> well, it definitely keeps you fit anyways, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, 100%. Well, lads, listen, thanks a million for popping on. I don't know how you've got time yep. to be world-class Irish dancers and training to be architects and civil engineers. This is not This is insane. Again, I'm sure there's some new spin-off TV show where you could Irish dance and build a gaff at the same time and get Dermot Bannon in, in some dancing gear. Who knows? We might start doing, you know, wedding gigs and we'll, we'll, we'll dance at their wedding and then design their house. <laughs> the dream I, yeah. I, th- I think it could work yeah um, listen lads before we let you go uh, you're putting up a hell of a lot of stuff online uh, as well where can people connect with your Instagram and TikTok and stuff uh, yeah all over uh, Instagram TikTok Facebook and we just recently started a Twitter so follow us all over the place and we'll keep you up to date with our our life and yeah lovely well um, Mike Matthew Gardner the Gardner Brothers you can follow them on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else on TikTok thanks a million for popping on and very best of luck in the future when all this madness settles down yeah thanks very thanks, much guys. thanks for having us any time at all on the way next do dogs get jealous we'll find out FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long the back of a song you like I know I love that song and enjoy that stormsy rainfall because nothing worse than having to be all like hey, that was a great song yeah, <laughs> what woo. are you saying all our songs are fantastic all our songs are amazing and just say some are better than others some are better than and others and it's a pleasure I heard I heard a, uh, uh, years ago a radio presenter slating a song oh, he had no. just played and he got suspended for two weeks yeah you're not supposed to do that I was an Irish band as well 
slagging the arse out, just saying like, just saying like the song was like exactly like something else and the sound of something very very similar blah no. blah blah and then he was off the air for two weeks no 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 <laughs> you're not allowed to do that <laughs> yeah I know no that's a great song that's uh, but Stormzy is a legend anyways yeah the latest from Stormzo from Stormzy that's uh, Rainfall now can dogs get jealous yes they can this Aww. is so sad so Aww. you know the way when you probably are in your friend's house you bump into your friend they have their dog with them and you have your dog there and you're giving the dog attention and then your dog's kind of nudging you like hey I'm here (laughs) and you don't realise whether the dog is actually jealous or they're just hyper because you know you're around another dog but apparently a study has been done to clarify that dogs do have the same level of jealousy in no, them as they human don't. beings. Yes, no, they, they don't. do. The old shock collar get rid of that fairly quickly. No, that's awful. So it was a study done in San Diego, right? A huge study that showed that dogs' behaviour when their owners displayed any affection towards even a stuffed really? animal. Oh, really? It doesn't even have to be an that's actual hilarious. dog that they felt... <laughs> this is so sad. They felt depressed. Yeah, some of them barked and their bark was them kind of letting you know that they're not happy. Yeah. Uh, Some even decided to snap at their owners. Well, But it's kind of funny, like when when you are a jealous person, when you are having a jealous rage, you'll either go mental or you'll kind of walk away and be like, whatever, it doesn't matter. And that's exactly how dogs uh, deal with it as well. I really want to get a dog. I'm in that phase in my life where I'm like, no, I'm going to go for it. But I've heard of so many people when we were chatting to her, one of the girls who works here, Emma, and her dog ate a pound of butter from the table. The boyfriend <laughs> went for the boyfriend went to the bathroom and he came out and the dog legged it into the kitchen, jumped up on the table and yeah. ate a pound of butter. Yeah. And then they were like, Oh my god, is the dog gonna die? And then they got sick everywhere, got sick all everywhere. over the carpet. They brought it out for a walk. It didn't get sick on the walk, no. brought it back in, and it got sick again. I just wonder Does it you know, is is it worth the effort? I mean, it probably is. Maybe when they're a puppy, it's a little bit extra effort, but they are the best companions and they will support you and they will be there for you the whole time. They will get jealous, though. Don't be cuddling other pets in front of them and, you know, don't be giving other other animals or teddy bears attention. It's funny that they won't do that. And this study said as well, they don't do it to other humans right. as much as they do to anything that looks realistic to an animal or who is an animal in itself. So right, a cat okay. or a dog or a rabbit or a teddy bear if you have a teddy bear on the couch. It's so just like a, a little animal. So you can give your friend loads of attention I won't mind but if you give the friend's dog or yeah. teddy uh, too much attention they'll yeah. be like no. Anything that. that resembles a, an animal uh, they don't like which I found really funny. But surely I mean people listening in have dogs. Like does your dog get jealous? And how does it act when it gets jealous? Like how do you know when okay I need to Pay more attention. Like yeah. I remember my friend's dog used to just come up and put its chin on her lap. Mm. That's all she'd do. But chin on the lap as in like pet me yeah. now Hello. immediately. Yeah. I'm here. And that was hey. her way of being like, yeah, please, I'm jealous now. Stop giving, you know, my dog yeah. attention yeah. and so on. But um, what does your, yeah, what does your dog do? Do you have a jealous, moody dog? You had a dog before. Did your uh, dog have a jealous? I can't remember. We. What well, type of dog was it? Labrador. Yeah, mine was Labrador. I think they're a little bit tamer though, aren't they? Uh, this dog was nuts. It, we had it until it was... How old? They I usually know, I live was how old? 12 till, or 13. Yeah, so we were like 12. I was 12, 13, 14, I think. And that was it. But I was I was at that age, I didn't care for the dog. I didn't really... I it was know, my sister's you don't appreciate dog. it. I yeah. didn't appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, is it too much effort? Because that's what my mother heard me saying this now. You never picked up the dog. Shut down. 
Oh yeah, that, yeah that's. I'll do it now though. Or I train. I would love to train it to be able to use the toilet. No, I'd hate to train a dog. I'd like a, a trained dog <laughs> come into my life so that it knows but what you, it's that's doing. That's how you bond with your dog is through the training process. I don't know about that now. Yeah, yeah, you got to do that. No. Uh, so there you go. Your jog can be your jog. Your dog can be jealous. Unfortunately, so look out for that. They're going to get a little bit moody. Evening, Rob. Guys, I have great news. I'm moving out of the house on Monday. Delighted. Oh, Thanks that's good Rob. news. Amazing. In the middle of a pandemic. Well, uh, yeah, there you go. That's deemed... Is a, that normal? I would deem that essential, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, I mean, you're probably moving out on your own, Rob, which is great. Are you moving in with friends? Are you moving into the... Maybe you're moving into the TikTok house? Maybe oh, you're yeah. a TikToker? They've now moved to a hotel. Oh, have they? Since, yeah. Okay. Uh, great news. Good to hear that anyway. Um, Rob, delighted. Moving up in the world now. Yeah, dear God, now. Moving out... The middle of... It should be November then, by the time you move out. Fair play to oh, you. Oh, it will actually be November, yeah. Put up your Christmas tree. You can put up... I think a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people like yourself yes. are opting for Saturday night. Screw the Halloween. Yeah. And the other thing, our... Um, I know they've said Halloween is like a no-go, but are parents just going to bring their kids trick-or-treating anyway? I know the guidelines are saying no, you have to stay inside and just... Have a little Halloween party with yourselves. Yeah. So, do you think there'll be trick-or-treaters? I think there probably evening? will. I've told you, I've warned you that that's probably going to happen at your door. I, I'm just like... I know you don't want that to happen and they no. shouldn't. And you can definitely call the guards on the guards. <laughs> you know what? Like, this is not okay. There's a four-year-old dressed up there in black bags coming around. But uh, in saying that, now, my neighbour across the way has there's two kids in my apartment block oh. and she asked me when I was in the supermarket the other day, uh, will we call into you on, on Saturday? Like, uh, sorry, no. It's like, you're not supposed to. No, sorry, can't do that now. I'll drop uh, sweets at the door of your apartment like I did last year when you didn't answer, but... Uh, You'll ring the guards? Yeah. Good luck, see you, boy. It must be uh, really... be annoying and frustrating for really young kids, I imagine. Yeah, because they don't understand what's going on. But I can just be like, sorry, it's the guidelines and no sweets. Is good luck, see you there. No, but if you're a responsible parent now, you'll just have your little party in the house and that's it. Would it make more sense, right, if a lot of parents are going to do that, I would say a lot, some parents, not many parents, are going to have Halloween parties and invite all the friends over. Right? So they're going to have house parties. Yeah. They're going to have Halloween house parties. Would they be better off allowing trick-or-treating because at I least you're not so. congregating? That's what I think is going to happen as well. But what you can do, top tip, parent tip from the girl <laughs> who has no kids, what you can do on Halloween, which I, heard, yeah. I overheard a little child uh, talking about this, if you are in your house, right? So you obviously want your kids to be trick-or-treating on the road. They're, they can't do that. But what you can do is go into every room in your no, house, close the, the door and get your kids to knock on each door and you can give them the little sweets. No, so you can no, be in your bathroom no. and then they knock on the door You're and then you better off give them giving sweets, them a wooden spoon then, across the heels no, for that. that I think so that's a lovely miserable. idea. Because you can start downstairs the sitting room, the kitchen. Mom, please. You might have a toilet downstairs. And upstairs you go. And then you just have a different reaction every time they... You might as well just cancel Halloween and Christmas on them. That's the worst idea ever. I think it's a good idea. No, nothing worse than forced fun. Like that. When you're a kid, you think this is the best thing ever. We'll have trick-or-treating inside. If you're five or six, you're going to think that is... No, you'll hate your mother for the rest of your life if your mother did that. I would totally do that. You would be scarred for life. You're like, I've got the worst mother in... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the world. Watch if somebody wants to try that, watch a scary movie. let me know how it goes. You don't, don't have to. You don't have to. That's the worst idea in the world. Why would you watch a scary movie? I'm talking about little kids. Yeah, let your five-year-old watch The Exorcist. Do not. Way actually, better crack. Scariest film for a child is The Witches. No, it's Dumbo. Especially no, that The scene Witches. Have you not seen that? When they get that? drunk. The Witches is terrifying. I wouldn't Dumbo's watch that terrifying. now. terrifying. And actually, Dumbo, when he gets out of his mind drunk, starts hallucinating. I remember like the real psychedelic. The lads in Disney who did Dumbo were definitely taking acid. Yeah, definitely. I remember that scene? Yeah, it's I like do. a nightmarish scene that would just stick in your mind for ages. I can't remember the song that it was, but it was just... It's still Dumbo, though. It's not scary. It is scary. Psychedelic craziness. Mm-hmm. Doing drugs back in the 60s. When was Dumbo made? I'd say that was one of the older ones, wasn't it? 40s, maybe? But no, The Witches. Oh, my God. Have you seen not that? seen no, that? No, no. 1941, Dumbo was. My God. Oh, that's that's old, old. That is old. Yeah. No, uh... The Witches for Scaring Kids, definitely. And it's a kid's film, but I just will never watch that again. Another terrifying one, The Notebook. <laughs> My God. That love story. Yeah. Oh no, commitment. <laughs> uh, right, listen, um, let us know if you're, if you're doing it mad for the weekend. Also, uh, tomorrow night, the Halloween special is here on Room 104. We'll give you, give you a little bit of a heads up and an insight into it. If you've lasted this long on Thursday night to the show, we'll give you a little sneak preview. We'll just give you a heads up as to what's coming. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can visit our flagship store in Tala or get free delivery at playblue.ie. Got a message in there just chatting about how your dog can actually get jealous, especially if you're giving other dogs, other pets, other animals or even other teddies more attention than your own dog. Gisela said, our dog was so jealous of the gerbil. She used to sit and watch him as we cleaned out its cage. Saliva puddle under her and all. The gerbil escaped one day and she caught it and carried it in her mouth. We thought she killed it, but she didn't. It was soaked, but it was okay. Poor dog knew we looked after it, and so it was so good not to kill it. <laughs> wow. That is horrific. At least they didn't kill the... Lovely. Well, you would have hated the gerbil. You would have appreciated it if the dog had killed their gerbil. But I wouldn't... That, yeah. No, I don't. I wouldn't like to see it being killed or anything. Just do it behind my back. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> out of sight, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Now, uh, tomorrow night on the show, it is our Halloween special. No, the scary music. No, we this played is that not too much. I, I, like, I like this. Okay. I like this. It's nice more bumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so obviously Halloween, which is on Saturday, which has probably been cancelled, but we're rowing ahead with it anyway. We decided to theme tomorrow night's Halloween special around 2020 and around the idea of just being trapped. Yeah, pretty much trapped in room 104. We have so much coming up on the show. Um, my favourite part of the show is obviously the fact that you have bought yourself a shock collar bought that us. you're going to wear. No, you said you bought, bought it for you. You haven't tried it yet, no. so you're going to wear that around your neck and we'll be letting you know what to do to have Cormac shocked, electrocuted and then so for the whole night. And then kindly offered to, you know, swap it over well, look, halfway during the show. So that's very exciting too. If you survive, I may try it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if, if you look in pain, I might think twice. But um, yeah, that's very exciting. That's all happening tomorrow as well as... Oh, uh, well, as as um, if you thought being trapped inside your own house was bad, can you imagine what it was like being trapped inside your own body? We're going to be chatting to two different people. Both fell into a coma for various different reasons. <clears throat> but while they were in a coma, uh, or they technically, I suppose, weren't in a coma. Their bodies were paralysed. They couldn't speak. They couldn't move. They couldn't communicate with anyone. But they were fully conscious. They were fully awake. They could see, hear and feel absolutely everything one of the people you'll hear from tomorrow was trapped inside his own body in a comatose state but could hear everything and he was like that for 10 years before someone realised I think he's conscious like can you imagine the fear of that and like if they hadn't have realised that would he ever have no he'd still be there today he would wouldn't he so he wrote a book Martin Pistorius is his name he wrote a book called Ghost Boy because that's exactly what he felt he felt obviously no one could see him well, they could see him, but like they didn't realise that he could hear what they were saying. Didn't realise that he could see them. And you just imagine how terrified he was and that person was. And then there's another woman who wound up, she's now a, a TV presenter for ESPN. Mad. And she was uh, in a coma for years as well. And like Martin, was completely paralysed. Everyone thought she was brain dead, but she could hear and see. And... Uh, she was just fully conscious and fully aware of everything in her surroundings so they'll be on the show tomorrow night the electric shock collar also um, the most extreme adventurous torturous haunted house experience in the world it's called McCamey Manor people go there and have their teeth pulled out they're cut they're beaten they're bruised they're electrified they're put into pits with rats and alligators it's the most horrifically insane haunted house experience you can do but we're going to be chatting to the guy who runs McCamey Manor and also somebody who was brave enough to try and do it. I mean, would you ever do it? Like, I just wouldn't. I couldn't ever put myself into a situation where I have to face my fears, like rats and stuff. They've never... Uh, I've never... I never actually heard of this until Gav, who works on the show, has come across some of the videos. So we went and getting in touch and be on the show tomorrow night. But it's not even facing your fears. You could literally die doing this. And that is explained to you in a big manual that you need to read. That's actually read to you. Yeah. that you need to sign off on. you got to sign a death waiver and then they'll be like, all right, good luck, see you, bye. Uh, so absolutely insanity. insanity um, but people do it and it's like an eight, ten hour experience. I don't know if you'd be up for it, but it's not like the ones in the RDS where you go in and people are just like, Ugh. no, this is like you're trapped. They're waterboarding you for a while and people actively sign up to this, by the way. People sign up to be waterboarded, to be beaten, to be electrocuted and I swear to God, someone had their tooth pulled. Like, literally pulled out of their head. Just. Uh, I mean, we hate going to the dentist and they do it under an anaesthetic, but like... <laughs> just randomly. Get the old wrench there. The pliers. No. Take it out of your head. So listen, uh, all of that. Also, uh, Gordon Hayden has a new uh, 
a Scared Shitless podcast out where he's delving deep. If you're a horror fan, you'll love it. If you're delving deep into uh, horror movies and the stories behind them, he's going to be on talking about some of the most horrific things that actually happened while people were on set on some of the most famous uh, horror movies. Because you always hear those stories of everybody died in the making of this movie. So that'll be on tomorrow night. So in fairness... A packed show. Very packed show. Should be very exciting. Very fun. And let's be honest, you can't go out anywhere anyway, so you might as well sit in and listen to us. Exactly. 10 o'clock tomorrow night after Freaks on Friday with Al Gibbs. It's Trapped in Room 104, our Halloween special. So set yourselves a reminder. We'll we'll talk to you then. Uh, Cheers for tuning in this evening. We'll leave you with some Louis Capaldi. Hold me while you wait. Hold me while you wait for the show tomorrow night. Yes. Ah, I like that. God, we're so good. (laughs) Anyway, we will talk to you tomorrow night from 10 o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Thursday, what's left of it. And uh, we'll leave you with this. And as always. Ihoa. Ihoa. Talk to you tomorrow. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save